and the sweet fragrance in earth, and the sweet sound in the space, and the sweet touch, or the gentle tender touch in the air. I am the light in the sun and the moon, I am the heat in the fire. I am very austerity in the austere people, the very intelligence in the intellect in the of the intelligent, the very brilliance in the brilliant, the strength in the strong, all the best things I am. So this is stated here to enable us to meditate upon the Lord. For meditation we require something that inspires us. And therefore, for the purpose of meditation, this vibhuti, these various glories are described, and that is always the style. In the tenth chapter also, when Lord Krishna describes his glories, he identifies himself with the best among every class. Among the Himalaya, among the mountains, I am the Himalaya. Among the rivers, I am the Ganges. <coughs> it is not meant that he is not other rivers, other mountains. But to begin with, Keshu Keshu Bhaveshu Chintyosi Bhagavan Maya. Arjuna requests, Lord, please tell me those manifestations of yours in which I can meditate upon you, where your glory, glory is evident to us. As we become purer and purer and ultimately become enlightened, then, then glory is evident everywhere. It is not that God is only confined to these few things. He is everywhere, He is everything also. But to be able to appreciate or perceive God everywhere, we require a certain mind. And so we have to be in that state, whatever, you know. So that is what is required. A mind enjoying that purity. So to the extent that our mind is pure, to the extent it is easier and easier to appreciate Ishvara Srishti, meaning the creation of God. What prevents us from appreciating the presence of Lord is not because Lord is not present everywhere, but it's because of what we call our own projections. There are the so-called two creations of Srishtis, Ishvara Srishti and Jiva Srishti, meaning creation of Ishvara and then creation of a jiva or individual. So our own likes and dislikes, our own attachments and aversions are our own creation. And thus, we hardly look at the thing as it is, we always look at it through our glasses of likes and dislikes. And thus, that is why it is difficult to appreciate the divinity present everywhere. And such Entities such as terrorists, etc., in fact, invoke such tremendous dislike or reaction us that it is even more difficult. Therefore, for the purpose of meditation, for the purpose of worship, we require that which does not invoke or does, you know, our likes and dislikes. In presence of which our likes and dislikes will become quiet. That is why we have an altar at home, altar of worship, where we have a form or a picture of, of what we call the chosen deity, for, we, for him we have that reverence and devotion and ever. At that time, all our attachments, aversions, worries, anxieties, they can all be dropped off in presence of that. So thus, for the purpose of meditation, we require a prop, a support, 
an object, a means, which can invoke the devotee in me. The most important is, it is the devotee who should really perform the meditation or perform the worship. So that which invokes a devotee in me. And that is why we have always beautiful images, beautiful, you know, avigrahas. We decorate the Lord, you know, in a beautiful, just so that our, our mind enjoys that, it gets inspired, and as I said, my reverence, my devotion is invoked, and a devotee from me is invoked, most important. Therefore, in these four verses, Lord Krishna only described his selected manifestations. Sweet fragrance in the earth, not the foul fragrance. The sweet taste in water, not the foul taste or, you know, the sweet taste. It is not meant that the foul taste is different from Ishvara. But before we can appreciate Ishvara in the foul fragrance, that will take its time. It is much easier to see Ishwara's manifestation in Lord Rama than in Ravana, even though he is equally present everywhere. But we are not ready to see him. Thus, it's a matter of our own preparation. Ishwara is, and he alone is. But it is we who have to prepare ourselves, rise to that level. And to the extent that we rise to a level, to that extent, the appreciation of Ishwara becomes clearer and clearer. To begin with, however, we are given this inspiring manifestations of Lord. So that it is easier for us to think of Ishwara. So when you go to Himalayas, it's easier to see the divinity there. In the Ganges, it's easier. And so also the sweet fragrance is easier to appreciate the manifestation of Ishwara. Because I react to the foul smell, I react. And in the reacting mind, it becomes difficult to appreciate him. Because there is a rejection, there is a reaction. So as long as I have this reacting mind, so long I require a form or expression or manifestation which does not invoke the reaction in me, which invokes a devotee in me, in which it is easier for me to appreciate the presence of the Lord. So therefore, these, the description of these glories or vibhutis in these four verses. In that, Lord Krishna says, how I am everywhere. So some of the examples are given to show how, because my saramidam protam sutre maniganayava, everything is strung into me. Like the string of beads in a thread, everything is strung into me. So how? That means that just as the thread pervades all the beads, so also the Lord pervades everything. In water also is there, in earth also he is, in fire also he is, in air also, in space also, in sun and moon, in the intelligence. So, so far it may be easier, difficult to see the Ishwara's presence in a, in a stupid person, let us say, you know. Because we like to associate goodness with Ishwara, which is so. That goodness is the inherent nature, understand. Whatever is called evil is not inherent, it's only incidental, it's only product of ignorance. 
and therefore it can be removed, understand? Therefore, whatever foulness or whatever uh, whatever evil is there, anything that is negative, that is anywhere there, is always incidental, never inherent. Incidental is because there is a reason. If the reason goes, that incidental thing also will go. There is scratching on my skin, incidental. That's not my nature. Some reason is there. Remove that, the symptom will go. Remove the cause, the effect goes. Thus Vedanta explains to us this, the cause of all negative tendency, if you want to call it, such as karma, lust, anger, greed, jealousy, whatever. All of these are only products of ignorance. That is not anybody's nature, really. They are just intruders. They are only incidental because of ignorance. Ignorance causes aviveka or non-discrimination. Meaning that we will see as ignorance causes me to see something which is not there and it makes me fail, you know, to see what is there. And therefore I have a wrong perception of myself and wrong perception of the world. And therefore all these distorted feelings have arisen in me. The raga, dvesha, attachment, aversions, anger, all of these have no room. There is no reason for that. If everything is Ishvara, where is the question? If I am Ishvara, everything is Ishvara, where is the question of likes and dislikes and anger and jealousy? Jealous of what? But I don't see that. Not only I do not see Ishvara, but I see something else there. And that's what causes these distortions of my mind perceptions. And that is why these negative or distorted tendencies have arisen. Therefore, as long as my mind is under control of this, so long it is difficult for me to be objective, to be able to see things as they are, to see the mitya as mitya and satyam as satyam, to see the costume as costume and actor as actor, it is difficult. Therefore, for the purpose of meditation, this inspiring manifestations are given. But somebody may think that God, Lord, Krishna, are you confined only to this? Are you only sweet fragrance? You are not foul fragrance? You are, you are dharma abhiruddha kama. You are desire unopposed to dharma. What about the desire which is opposed to dharma? So therefore in the twelfth verse Lord Krishna says, sattvika bhavaha, rajasaha tamasasya. The sattva is, that is natural. Sattva is our nature. Sattva means goodness, tranquility, happiness, that is our nature. Where all the very best qualities that we have, that is all sattva. Amanitvam, adambhitvam, ahimsa, kshantihi, non-violence, forgiveness, kindness, accommodation, all sattva. That is our nature. How nice would it have been if everything was like that? That's what people saw me. Why did God create this? Why did He have to create, you know, why did He make this kind of people? Why did He have to do this? I don't know. But Sattva is the one, it is Rajas and Tamas. Rajasaha, Tamasasche. Rajas and Tamas are more products of ignorance, farther from the truth. Sattva is the closest to the truth. And Rajas is farther. Tamas is very far. 
But this is what it is. These are products of ignorance. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, all of these are products of ignorance. And therefore we have this creation which is, which can be classified as, as manifestation of Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. As you say yesterday, there are things and beings who are very pure, who are tranquil, in whose presence we feel good, peaceful. That is Sattva. There are those in whose presence we feel agitated, you know. And so Rajas, there are that in presence which I feel dull. Tamas, I feel that that's how things are. So, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. My own personality is made up of Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. The whole universe also is a product of Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. Therefore, among these three, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, it includes, it accounts for everything. Every conceivable thing in the universe is accounted for by these three, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Ye chaiva sattvikaha bhavaha, rajasaha, tamasasche. Whatever is, is a product of Sattva, product of Rajas, product of Tamas. Where there is goodness, Rajas, where there is agitation, desire, anger, greed, jealousy, aggressiveness. Whether it's tamas, cruelty, violence, matte, understand that all of these are from me. No god in the world will say this except this one here. Nobody will dare to say that the evil also is a product of me. That I am equally present there. Nobody will say that. But here Vedanta says that matte, vedan, vidhi, all of them are from me. I pervade all of them. But what is my relationship with them? That is very important. Natvaham teshu te I am not in them, they are in me. As you said yesterday, an actor can say, I am not in the beggar, the beggar is in me. When actor says, I am not in the beggar, I am not the beggar. My existence and my being does not depend upon the beggar. Even though I appear to be like a beggar, I am not a beggar, I am not become a beggar. Whereas a beggar is totally dependent upon the actor. Remove the actor from there, nothing remains. Remove the beggar from there, the actor remains. Thus we can say B is equal to A, A is not equal to B, meaning that the beggar is not apart from the actor, whereas actor is independent of the beggar. Thus we say that the beggar is a superimposition upon the actor. Actor is the substratum, beggar is the superimposition. Actor is satyam, the beggar is mithya. But the universe is always a manifestation of the union of satya and mithya. Satya alone also cannot manifest as universe. Mithya alone also cannot manifest. Only when there is satyanuthi, mithuni krutya, as Shankarajari says, that when there is a union of the Satya and the Mithya of Purusha and Prakriti, you know, then there is this creation. Therefore, wherever the beggar is, actor must be, because beggar is totally dependent upon actor. You cannot say that about the, wherever actor is, you can't say beggar is. Wherever beggar is, actor must be. Because beggar cannot exist without the actor. Wherever Mithya is, Satya must be. Where Satya is, Mithya doesn't have to be. 
So this Lord Krishna shows his relationship with the world. What is the relationship of Ishvara with the world? A relationship comparable to that between the actor and the beggar. Or an example that Vedantins would like more is that between the rope and the snake. So relationship between Ishvara and Jagat is comparable to that between a rope and the snake. Or to go back to Puja Swami's example of that between the dreamer and the dream world. How in the dream world I alone manifest the whole dream world. The one alone appears as many. So manyness that we experience in dream is not real. Even though to the dreamer at that time it is real. Svakale satyavadbhati prabode satyasadbhave samsaraha svatna tulyohi ragadveshadi sankulaha siddhatma bodha samsaraha svatna tulyohi This samsara is comparable to dream. Meaning dream is a good example to explain samsara understand, you know. When Vedanta says that samsara or the world is like dream, people imagine dream. It means dream is an, a very good example to explain the reality of the world. What is, what is, what is about the dream? When we wake up then, we know that the dream only appeared at that time, but it is not real. When I wake up, I appreciate the unreality or mithyatma of the dream because the dream is completely negated. From the vehicle standpoint, I know that the dream was Mithya. I won a lottery there. I became a millionaire at that time, multi-millionaire. When I wake up, not a penny in my pocket. That's a reality. So I recognize that is Mithya. Sometimes I am happy also. Because in dream I do all kinds of stuff. I would have, would have landed in trouble. I woke up, thank God, that I didn't do that. Both ways. So Mithyatvam or the falseness of the dream is very clear to us. Vedanta says, therefore, samsara svapna tulyohi, this waking world also is comparable to that. In reality, just as the dream is a projection upon the, the, the dreamer, so also the waking world is a projection upon the self. <coughs> call it projection, call it superimposition, call it appearance. One appearing is many. They say in the dream, I see the mountains also, I see trees also, I may see cows also. The sentient, insentient, whatever is in dream is nothing but manifestation of myself. And so also, whatever is in the waking state is all manifestation of one Ishvara. <coughs> but why, Swami, why should it be like this? Why did he do this? We wish the world was different. But this is what it is. Why is it like that? There is no answer. We'll try to again understand this further in a subsequent verse, but here in this verse, Lord Krishna says that I am everything, whether it's Sattvic, Rajas, or Tamas, because I am none of that. He can say that I am everything because in reality he is none of that. The actor can say that I am the beggar and I am the king and I am minister because in reality he is none of that. He pervades all of them, at the same time he transcends them. Thus Vedanta teaches us this nature of Lord or Ishvara who is all pervasive, at the same time he transcends everything. Sabhumim vishvato vratva 
अत्यतिष्ठदशांगुलम शिष पुरुष सूक्त परवेडिंग द इंटायर यूनिवर्स फ्रॉम ऑल द साइड ही रिमेन्स टेन इंचेस अब मीनिंग दैट ही परवेड इन ट्रांसेंड एवरीथिंग If Lord, you say that you are everything, you alone are everything, then how come people don't know you? What's problem? What's the problem? Understand that He alone is everything means what? He alone is myself. When it comes to transcendental Ishvara, is alone my, myself. Then if you are myself and you are everything, then how come we don't know you? How come people are suffering? What's the problem? So the reason for that is explained in the next verse, in the verse 13. Trivir gunamayair bhavaihe Evisarvamidam jagata Mohitam nabhijanati ಮಾಮೇಭ್ಯಂಗಸ್ತೀಮಸ್ ಸು ತ್ರಿಭಿ ಗುಣಮಯೈ ಭಾವೈಸ್ತಮಸ್ ಎಸ್ ವಿ ಸೇಡ್ ಸೊ ಭಾವಾಸ್ ಮೀನ್ ದ ವೆರಿ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಭಾವ ಇಯರ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ವರ್ಡ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಬೀಂಗ್ ಸೊ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ನೇಮ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಮ್ಯಾನಿಫೆಸ್ಟೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಸತ್ವ ರಜಸ್ತಮಸ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಸೇ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಮ್ಯಾನಿಫೆಸ್ಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಹೋಲ್ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸ್ ಬಟ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಚೋಸನ್ ಈಶ್ವರ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಚೋಸನ್ ಟು ಬಿಕಮ್ ಮ್ಯಾನಿಫೆಸ್ಟ್ ಎಸ್ ಯೂನಿವರ್ಸ್ by putting on this costume of the three gunas sattva rajas and tamas because otherwise there cannot be manifestation ishvara as he is cannot become manifest to our eyes or our perception and these three gunas as they are also being inert cannot come to manifestation they cannot shine it is only when there is this union between the two that lord ishvara who is ishvara asti bhati priyam satchit ananda the one without a second and thus the one that is ananda whole and complete that ishvara putting on the costume of this three guna sattva rajastamas has manifest as a whole universe why did he do that but well, that's for our entertainment the variety is what our mind loves with everybody is cast in the same kind of a die you know it would become very boring if everybody was speaking truth in the in the, if there is only dessert you know and then nothing else is served to us you get bored after a while you do need chutney you need pickle also you need that thing and therefore in order for us to enjoy sattva this chutney of rajas and tamas is created that's all bhaktas explain you know how the devotees explain is that in fact the real rasa the real joy is in sattva to help us enjoy that you need also this change of rajas and tamas so some people the swami ji adharma also is required is it not for appreciating dharma 
Dukkhas, unhappy, sorrow also is required for us to appreciate happiness, maybe, in the relative world. So that is how the manifestation is. And if you can be objective about it, if you are not reacting, if I don't insist that uh, uh, the actor must come only as a hero and not as a villain, you know, if I don't insist this kind of things. See, when there is love, then insistence goes away. It doesn't matter in what costume my child comes. doesn't matter. He has gone to the street and played in the mud and he comes with all, you know, dirty and silly. He hugs me. I still hug him. No, no, stay away. No, don't, don't spoil my clothes. The father may say that. Mother would not say that. <laughs> that is why I said Lord Krishna did all his leela. So now you see him all smeared with butter and sometimes eating this clay, doing everything. And he still remains Lord. Meaning that he can be in all forms. So if he had, if he did not have any kind of reaction to the form in which he comes. But the rapper, the sattva, rajas, tamas, that's the rapper he has chosen to manifest before us. So chocolate comes in different wrappers. What's wrong with that? I like red and I don't like green. That's okay. And somebody likes green and not doesn't like yellow. All right. But after all, everybody has different likings. And how do you know that the world would have been necessarily better had it been different? You will understand that the universe is not created merely for human beings. We are not the only residents, uh, you know, inhabitants of this creation. There are millions and millions. How do you think, what do you think the, the cow looks at and what, what about that? How about a mosquito? How about a fly? How about a cockroach? How about a bull? How about a pig? For a pig maybe what we consider as, as filth also maybe is a source of joy, is it not so? And what we throw away from our kitchen, the cow eats it very happily, you know. So people, I mean there are creatures that get enjoyment from every kind of thing. So why should I insist that everything must be tailored only to me because I am human being? Well, you are not the only inhabitant. There are millions and millions of species here. It is made for everybody. When they cook at home, I can't. There are seven members of the family. I can't insist that every day. Why don't you only cook potatoes? You are not the only fellow. You like potatoes, but your brother likes okra. This one likes eggplant. So everyday mother cannot cook the same thing. Or she may please everybody. So okra also is there, eggplant also is there, potato also is there, this is also there. The kind mother would do everything. This is kind mother. The way done everything for everybody. Because there are donkeys also, monkeys also, buffaloes also, pigs also, cockroaches also, mosquitoes also. Everybody is there. Lord Krishna says, I'm the father of the whole universe. I'm the mother. I'm the grandfather of the whole universe, not only of the human beings. And therefore, he is as caring as, you know, as a parent would be. So if you add up all the desires of all the living beings, then this is what you will get. If you add up desires of only human beings, you may get a different stuff. But if you add up all the desires of all the living beings, then this is what you will get. Thus, this is a product of infinite wisdom or omniscience and total care or total benevolence 
Because the care and benevolence should be for all living creatures, not just for human beings. Because when things do not happen the way we want, he is a cruel God. Yeah. But that is my judgment from such a narrow standpoint, looking at the picture from such a narrow standpoint. Like a beautiful painting is that I go close and look at it through a microscope. I just see some blots. What else do I see? I need to step back to get the whole picture. Then I can see the beauty of the harmony. So we need to step back. Even from just being a human being. Step back. Here stepping back is not in space. In terms of going to that level. What's the level? De-identification from my complexes. De-identification from my perception of myself. That is what we mean by level. There is a text which is called Vedanta Sar. That gives a very beautiful example of a forest and the trees. When you are walking on the, on the ground, then you see all the trees and also all the varieties. You see differences. And that's what you see. This is a people tree, this is a neem tree, this is that tree. That is what will strike you when you are at that level. Suppose you rise above. Suppose you sit in a jet plane and go 35,000 feet, so 7 miles in the, in the space, and then look at it. Then what do you see? You see one forest. Well, formerly you see, saw many, many trees. What do you see now? One forest. All the differences are merged. You just see what? The treeness. What is forest? For, whereas formerly when I was at the level of the ground, all I saw was differences. Now that I am at a different level, I am able to see the oneness. So also at the level when I am strongly identified with this one body, then I see all differences. And if all differences alone impact me, when I go to a different level, meaning that I slowly become free from these strong identifications. Recognize who I am. I'm the indweller of the body. I'm not the body. I'm the indweller of the body. The, I'm not the mind. Mind is the instrument given to me for feeling and perceiving. I'm not the intellect. That is also an instrument given to me for thinking and knowing and, and deciding. I'm not the ego also. That is an instrument given to me for functioning. All right. We require that for functioning in the world. All the instruments that I need not identify with that. This is my clothes. That's okay. That doesn't mean I am the clothes. I love them. Maybe I do. Still, the best brand name clothes I'm aware, that doesn't mean I become the clothes. I love my car so much from you. I keep polishing morning till evening. <laughs> Still, it is my car. I am not the car. We become so infatuated sometimes that we just forget what we are. Mohitam Jagat, this is what has happened to everybody. Mohitam deluded. That the Jagat meaning the human beings, other living beings have no scope for this knowledge. And so when the world, Lord used the word Jagat meaning the universe or the world, it means the world of human beings. He's totally infatuated with the body-mind complex and therefore doesn't know what is. Tirvir bhavai. Not only is the universe a manifestation of the Lord in the costume of the three gunas, but I am also the manifestation of Lord. Understand, Jagat doesn't only is something that is out there. I should be included in the Jagat. I am also the manifestation of Ishvara in the costume of the three gunas. Sattvarajasthamas. Sometimes I find myself very quiet, tranquil, good, charitable, generous. Sometimes I find myself a little uh, cranky, little mean. 
Sometimes I find myself cruel. I find myself. Thus, here also Ishwara is manifest through this sattva, rajas, tamas. This is also a costume. Our body is made up of tamas. Our organs of action and prana made up of rajas. Organs of perception and mind made up of tamas. So even this, what we call our own personality, our own body-mind complex also, is a product of three gunas, sattva, rajas, tamas. And Lord Ishwara has chosen this medium to manifest. Upanishad tells us the story. So kamayata bahusyam prajayayati satapotapyada satapastatva idagum saramasrujata tasrushtva tadevanu pravishata. So Lord says, may I become many. In the beginning of creation, Lord says, may I become many. And thus, he created all these names and forms. Having created them, he entered them. Tatsushtva Tadevanu Pravishata. He created the names and forms from the masala, from the upadanam, from the material cause of three gunas. Sattva Rajasthamas becomes the material cause from which all these forms are, are molded. And then he says, Lord entered. Meaning that whoever is functioning through every individual name and form is nothing but Ishwara. Then Swami, what happened to him? Something happened to him, having entered, you know. Like this, like the pot space. The space, having created the parts, entered the parts. Story. Swami, how can you say that? Space, having created parts, entered the parts? This is called Katha. You know, that's the story. You mean space was not there before the creation of part? It was there. Part cannot be created unless space is there to begin with. Therefore, you cannot say the space having created part entered the part because the space is already there in the part. Then why do you say the space having created the part has entered the part? How why do you say that? What is meant by that is that space having created the part identified with the part. And assume this notion, I am part space. Imagine space identifying with the the walls of the part, with the enclosure of the part is, and thinking that I'm enclosed, I'm confined. Part is an enclosure. And the space entering, meaning that identifying itself with the part, thus entertaining this notion, I'm confined, I'm enclosed, and I'm different from other parts. So there may be other spaces, different kinds of spaces are there, you know, and so a cup space. So part space thinks I am part space, cup space may think I am cup space. And it may be proud that say I am more shapely than this one, whatever is the idea of shape I do not know, you know. So the part may have its own idea of what is beauty and therefore it thinks that I am more beautiful than this one here, that space. This may think that you are all round and stuff like that, see I am straight, I am more beautiful, whatever. And so also Ishwara having entered this name and form made up of these three gunas, identified with it, and now it proclaims, I am Swami so and so. Who says that? Ishwara says that. Sarvani Rupani Vichitya Dhiraha Namani Krutva Arivadan Yadaste. This wise and omniscient Lord having created all these forms, identified with them, 
assumes all the names. He proclaims, I am Devadatta, I am Yajnadatta, whatever. So, I am Tom, Dick, Harry. Trivihi, Gunamayahi, Bhavahi, Mohitam, Jagat. This world of human beings being totally deluded on account of taking this costume to be the self. Like the space, taking the part to be the self. And then suffering from this notion of confinement, even when the space thinks that it is part space, it is still total space because there is no way that a part can enclose a space. It is not the space is in the part, it is part that is in the space and therefore there is no way that the space can be enclosed at all. Create any number of walls, you can never in fact divide the space, it is indivisible. And still the poor space suffers from this complex that I am divided from other spaces. That's just a notion. That's called moha. That's called delusion. Of looking upon something as different from what it is. Like looking upon a rope as a snake is called delusion. Called moha. Brahma. Abhiveka. Adhyasa. So many words are there. And so also looking upon myself as confined to this personality of three gunas is called moha. Mohitam. Everybody is deluded. Nabhijanati. Therefore, they do not know me who is beyond this. And so all the spaces being deluded by the part, the part space does not know its own self. Lord Krishna is talking here about our own, as our own self. They do not know me who is our own self, Lord Krishna says. Like the space, maybe there is this part space that is Arjuna, you know. Oh, there can be one enlightened part space, you know. And there is some other part space. There are so many parts here. Yeah, here is another one. Yeah. This is enlightened part space. Oh, this is enlightened part space. And this is unenlightened, let's say. Even small also can be enlightened. And big can be also deluded. So even though this is a little part space, but it knows that I am space. Then it says to this one, that you being deluded do not know me who is your own self. The total space is telling the part space, Hey, I entered you. You do not know me who is your own self. So Lord Krishna says to Arjuna, You do not know me who is your own self. Because you take yourself to be a bundle of the three gunas, a bundle of the body-mind complex, and therefore you do not know me who is your own self. <coughs> param I am the one that is quite different and distinct in transcending these three gunas. Avyayam imperishable. So these two adjectives are told here. I am avyaya, I am avyaya. Imperishable. So changeless I am. This body is changing, mind also is changing, everything is changing. In this changing complex, I am the changeless. So, the, since you take yourself to be changing, therefore you miss the fact that the changelessness is your nature. <clears throat> therefore, here Lord Krishna explains why. Why in spite of the fact that Lord alone is everything? How come we fail to see that? Not only Lord alone is everything, forget it. Lord alone is myself. He is closer than the closest to me. And still, I fail to see that fact. Why? Because Mohitam, I am deluded. By what? By these three gunas, sattva, rajastamas. The body, sense organs, the mind. 
taking them to be myself. And that's how I do not know my true self and therefore I suffer from the samsara. But why is it so? Who has done this? How come I do not know myself? How come I take myself different from what I am? The reason for that is given in the 14th verse. Devi Shesha Gunamaye Mama Maya Duratyaya Mamevaye Prapadyante Maya Metantarantite Devihi Esha Gunamamai Mama Maya. So Lord Krishna introduces the concept of Maya. So this is what that is what does all this. It is Maya. What is Maya? Maya is a projecting power. Like magic. Like a magician, with the help of the magic, creates a world, creates an appearance of what is not there. A magician typically creates an appearance of what is not really there. He can show you a hundred dollar bill which is not there, takes a piece of newspaper and makes it hundred dollar bill. It's called magic. And the hundred dollar bill is only magic. Had it been real, that magician need not be in the street doing this show because he can keep getting hundred dollars. It's not so. So this maya means magic. So Vedanta uses the word maya, magic, as an example. Just as they use the rope snake as an example, so also maya also is a model, understand? Magic is a model. And why is that model chosen here? Because magic is that which creates an appearance of what is not there. That's magic. Something like that is happening in the in our life also, therefore, we say that this creation is the creation of Maya, like magic. You need not stretch that example too far and call God magician and stuff like that. We need not do that. Even though it's called Mayavi, Mayam to Prakritim Vidyat, Mayanam to Maheshwaram. It's called Mayavi means magician. So like a magician, just as the magic is totally under the control of the magician, how the magician with the power of magic creates a spell upon all the spectators, himself remains free from the spell. See, this is about magic. The magician is always free from the spell of magic. However, those, the spectators, are all under the spell of magic. There is done with mantra, money, there are some, he has some siddhis of powers because of which he does it. We are not talking just slay of hand, you know, but we are talking of real magic, where you create something create an appearance of something which is not there. So thus, this universe also is comparable to the creation of a magician. Daivi Kyesha Gunamai Mama Maya Lord Krishna says, this is Mama Daivi Maya, this is my divine Maya, my divine power of projection. Everywhere there is power, Maya is everywhere. Because the creation is from Maya, you find Maya everywhere. Maya is what? That which creates an appearance of what is not really there. There is Maya in the rope also. Therefore, rope can create 
appearance of snake which is not there. Anything can do that. All of us have maya. We hardly appear to be what we are. Usually there is something inside and something else outside. You know, maya. It's, it's very, it's, 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 it's impossible to know another person, you know, because maya. The only, it's possible to know a person who may be totally wise, but we can know that person. Nobody else we can know totally because it is our insecurities, all the fears that we have always make us very defensive and therefore make us present ourselves in a way different from what we are. Only one who has no fear, no agenda, no agenda, no extra grind, nothing to hide, he can be transparent. Nobody otherwise, no ignorant person is transparent. Everybody is, there is always a facade. However good the silver. Some insecurity is there, some fear is there, some complexes are there. There is a need to be approved, there is a need to be accepted, there is always there. The peer pressure, not peer pressure, but peer approval is so important, not only for children, for everybody. What the other person says is very important. Therefore I should present myself, I should present as the one who is acceptable, as presentable. Just as when somebody comes, you know, to see our daughter, matrimonial alliance, you invite somebody, how you present your daughter, you know? All the best clothes and everything, that's how you present. That's how it should be done also. Even Manusmudi says, that when it comes to this matrimonial alliance, you can always tell lies, then it will be all right. That's okay, acceptable. <laughs> Nobody will tell the truth. Either way, but no, those fellows also don't tell the truth. Anyway, not only the girl's side don't tell the truth, the boy's side also. Then they will discover in course of their life and then they will deal with it. <laughs> I didn't know this. I didn't bargain for this. Nobody bargained, but that's what you have. But the idea is that this, this maya is everywhere. Creating an appearance of something which is not there. This maya has this twofold power, what they call the avaram and vikshepa, veiling and projection. In case of a rope snake example, these two powers are involved. Number one, I do not know the rope as a rope. This is called veiling, avaram. And I take the rope to be snake. This is called vikshepa or projection. Projection can be there only when there is ignorance. So this ignorance, when Vedanta uses the word ignorance or avidya or ajnanam, understand that it's a technical word. It is not the, it is not ignorance that we use normally in our day-to-day language. When we use the word ignorance, we use it in the sense of not knowing something. I'm ignorant of this, means I do not know that. Here, when Vedanta uses the word ignorance, it is not only not knowing something, but knowing it wrongly. So not only not knowing the rope as a rope, but knowing it as snake. Not knowing who I am, but knowing myself wrongly. Not knowing myself as Ishwara, but knowing myself as Jiva. So number one, Avaranam, I do not know that I am Ishwara. That I am Asti Bhadrikram, Satchidananda is my nature, I do not know that I am Purna, I am complete or whole, I do not know. On the top of that, I take myself to be incomplete. This is called Maya. Daivi, Khesha, Gunamami, Gunamai. 
This Maya also is made of three gunas, Sattva, Rajasthanas, and so the whole universe is a product of Maya. Duratya, it is very difficult to cross, Lord Krishna says. What does this Maya do? This Maya creates a false perception. False perception about myself, false perception of the world, false perception about God or Ishvara. That's what Maya does. Duratya, it is very difficult to cross. Even though the perceptions are false, I am so convinced that my perceptions are right that it is very difficult to cross. If the false thing is known as false, well, half the battle is won. If the ignorant knows that it is ignorant, well, you can do something about it. If the ignorant doesn't know that he is ignorant, well, you can make him see that he is ignorant. If the ignorant thinks that he is knowledgeable, then you can't do anything about it. If the fellow is sleeping, then you wake him up. But if the fellow is, uh, you know, awake and still thinks he is sleeping, then how can you wake him up? Thus the problem in our life is that not only do we not know ourselves truly, we take ourselves to be wrongly, but we think that we are right. I Just as sometimes we are lost on the roads, going in the wrong direction. But if I do not know that I am going in the wrong direction, I think I am going in the right direction, and therefore I will just drive away, 90 miles an hour, thinking that I am quickly reaching my destination, except that as quickly I may be running away from my destination. So therefore it is so difficult. This teaching, or I mean, for us to grasp the teaching, or to be able to see its reality and put it into practice becomes so difficult, because so deeply rooted in the false perception, taking the false things to be real is so deeply rooted. Ashvatthamenam suvirudham, this is called samsara, suvirudham mulam, this samsara of false perception has become so deeply rooted. It is going on from the time beginningless. Mahamaya, <coughs> duratya, therefore it is very difficult to cross. My perception of myself as a wanting being, as a lacking being, creates also a false perception of the world. When I look upon the world as a source of happiness and freedom, there is another false perception. So, false perception of myself brings about the false perception or false estimate of the world also. That is why the Ragadveshas are there. That is why the likes and dislikes are there. Since I am in need of security, I am in need of happiness, I am in need of freedom. That the tenth man, not knowing that he is tenth man, not knowing that the happiness or freedom I am searching for is myself. I am a needy person, in need of happiness and freedom. Therefore I will project freedom where it is not. So there is another, another maya. Projecting happiness, where it is not. Projecting freedom, where it is not. Projecting security, where it is not. And then whatever I look upon as source of happiness becomes very important to me and therefore I will want it. If it is with me, I want to hang on to, hold on to it. So thus many things that we don't have we want and those things that we have we want to hold on to. Kama, Raga, Kama is desire for what I do not have. Raga is the attachment for what I have. Purely a product of my ignorance. And something else I look upon as a threat to my security happiness 
that becomes an object of my hatred or aversion. So therefore, a needy person is going to have likes and dislikes. As long as I am needy, so long I am dependent. As long as I am dependent, so long I am going to have. So whoever, whoever appears to be the source of my comfort and security, I will hang on to that. I will not leave. And whoever threatens my comfort, I will fight. So this is what we do. Run after something and run away from something else. Pull something towards myself, push something away from me. That's all. This is life. Raga and Dvesha. In all this storm that's going on in our life, where is the leisure to see the things as they are? There's no leisure at all. No maya, duratya, Lord Krishna says is maya of the nature of false perceptions and therefore the likes and dislikes that it brings and all the various passions such as anger and greed and jealousy, all of these are products of ignorance. As I said, they're all incidental. They're not our nature. Incidental. But they're there as long as we do not know them to be false, they are real. And they govern our life. Duratya, it is very difficult to cross. If we think that we can become free from sorrow by readjustment, what we do is rearrange the world around me, thinking that someday it will be all perfect. What I want is perfectness. So I rearrange things. This house is too small, a bigger house. This car is not good enough, another one. This furniture, change it. Carpet, this. Sunroom, sundag, okay. I am not good enough, change my nose, my hair, my eyebrows, something like that. Change it. Change the job, change the boss, change the spouse, change anything. Rearrange. Struggling. Human being is struggling hard to find what you call a comfort, find perfection. And so he keeps on creating perfection. And the tenth man trying to find for the, look for the tenth man, I'm looking for perfection. I have a picture of perfection which I create. By then the picture has changed my mind. I create something else. And then it keeps goes on. And this is not a joke at all. This is our life from the time beginningless. And if you do not wake up from this, it will go on forever. So therefore, if you want to solve this problem in Maya, through Maya it will never work. What Maya, first of all, creates in me a sense of need, which I give reality, and then I try to fulfill a need which is non-existent. Like Don Quixote fighting with the, uh, with the air and fighting with the, what is it, blaze of the, uh, the windmill and stuff like that, you know. He sees things which are not there. And thus we are trying to solve a problem which is non-existent from Vedanta's standpoint. So Swami is fond of saying, psychology cannot solve the problem, Vedanta does not see the problem. <laughs> When we see, if Ishwara alone is a major, how can there be problem? And still there are so many problems because of this false perception, the wrong notions, what you call judgment, opinions. And I do not know that they are wrong, I take them to be right. Thus, as long as I give reality to my sense of smallness and try to become big, I give reality to my insecurity, try to become secure. Become, give reality to my loneliness, try to become, I don't know what, you know, 
from one I become two, from two become many, you know, three, four, five, whatever. As long as this life continues to be process of becoming so long, it will never, I will never get what I am seeking because I can never become limitless. I am trying to become limitless. It can never happen. I am trying to become immortal. I can never. So to become everything, I can never. And therefore, ma maya duratya. As long as we are trying to solve this problem of our life in the realm of Maya, it can never be crossed. Lord Krishna says, those who take refuge unto me, they will cross this Maya. So what is necessary is to be able to see through the magic and go to the magician. If you go to the magician, you know the secret of magic. Maya metam. They give the example of a, of a fisherman who throws his net out there in the water and the fish gets caught. But the fish that plays near the feet of the uh, fisherman, he doesn't get caught. So also those who are away from the Lord get caught in the net of Maya. Those they are there in the feet. prapadyante, those who take refuge unto me, Maya metam tarantite, they cross this Maya. But then, Swami, what is meant by taking refuge of the Lord? Every moment now, every in every situation, Ishvara as well as Maya, both of them present themselves before me, seeking our attention. But Maya is very tempting, and therefore we usually choose her. Ishvara doesn't seem to be that tempting to us, because that height is not there, therefore. doesn't turn me on. He's not tempting. And therefore... For example, in a situation whether I should tell the truth or not tell the truth, Maya will tell me, don't tell the truth, Swami. Then you can save this much money, you can do this, all the advantages will be shown. Ishwara also comes before me and tells me, come on, tell truth. So then struggle goes on. Whose side I take? Who wins? Maya wins. Nobody is going to recognize me and give me any kind of certificate for speaking truth. You know, Swami, no value is there. This is how it is. So now following values. To follow the value is taking refuge of Ishwara. To violate a value, taking refuge of Maya. Simple. Performing an action. Again, Maya and Ishwara, both of them present with one is Ahankara. He says, hey, perform the action for my benefit. I am seeking gratification as a result of this action. So, Ahankara warns this gratification as a result of action. So, thus he warns gratification of the senses, or it warns some recognition, some power, some name, fame. That's what it warns. That is the gratification of Ahankara. That is Maya. This goes Sakama Karma, an action performed with a desire for self-gratification. Ishwara is there. Come on now, be kind. Be generous. Don't hold on to things. Just give up. Be parovakari. Work for others. Serve others. But that doesn't seem to be very uh, inspiring. Doesn't seem to be very rewarding. And therefore, Sakama Karma versus Nishkama Karma. Being an action prompted by a self-centered desire versus an action prompted by a desire 
to serve somebody, help somebody, reach out to somebody. This choice is always, in every situation the choice is there, understand? In every situation, even when I am talking to you, the choice is there. Whether this is done for my pleasure or this is done as, a, as, a, as, a, as an act of offering or it is done as an act of personal pleasure, whatever. What am I seeking? Through this also I can be seeking recognition. Swami is very smart, he is very scholarly. I'm satisfied. That's all ego gratification. That is Maya. Or through this, the best is to give my example, you know, then everybody else is safe. That's the reason why you always put yourself in the spot. That's the easiest. Oh, Swami, you are like that? I cannot say I'm not like that. But as I said, any action can have these two motives. And generally we don't even know what the motive is. We just keep doing things mechanically, habitually, impulsively. We are hardly there when the action is being performed. We are hardly deliberate. We are hardly, you know, alert. Usually it is our likes and dislikes and habits and mechanicalness that, dis- that generally controls our action. We are not even there when the action is being performed. So first of all, it is necessary to be there while performing the action, to be alert to be alive to the situation and then to recognize what motivates me, why am I doing this? Why have I taken this course? Then it will become clear what are our intentions. It is necessary to really know ourselves, to pay attention to our own selves, our own intentions. What motivates me? What is the intention behind this? The words may be very, the action may be very nice and beautiful and I may have smile on my face and everything. That's form. What's the spirit behind that? In Hindi they say, Mukh mein Ram, Bagal mein Churi. I don't know if you've heard that. Like this fellow comes in his, in his mouth, you know, he's chanting name of the Lord. Inside he has a knife. He's waiting for an opportunity. So what is the intention? Form alone is not enough. The world gives so much importance to form. Have a half an inch smile on your face, dress this way. It's all wonderful. Nothing wrong in it. But that cannot be the only thing, you know. Form is fine. You must, I'm sure we should all present ourselves beautifully. That's wonderful. Go to beautician, do what you need to do. But that is not enough. It is spirit that is important. Let the spirit also be as beautiful as the form. If the form is not beautiful enough, that is okay. Let the spirit be beautiful. And so, Maya, there also comes. Whether I take the side of Ahankara or Ishvara in performing an action. Everywhere it comes. Morning, getting up, there is a choice. Shreyascha, prayascha, manushya medaha. Kathopanira says, Shreyas and prayas. The path of pleasant and path of good, both of them constantly present themselves before the human being. Tayo shreyadhanasya sadhu hoti. One who chooses the shreyas, well, he invites the goodness in his life. One who chooses the prayas, falls from his own goal. The purpose for which I am making choice of maya, that purpose is never served. Those who take refuge unto me, maya medam tarantiti, if there is a conviction in life, this can happen only when there is a clarity as to what do I want? What will this choice take? Where will it take me? 
what am I what do I seek to accomplish? What is my process? But recognize the process of life is to grow, self growth. Growing in my goodness, in my wholeness, that's the purpose of life. If other things come, by the way they can come. But what I am seeking in life is the inner wealth. Outer wealth is in welcome to come if it comes, but not at the cost of the inner wealth. If these priorities are clear to me, so Vedanta teaches us by giving us the perception of realities, makes clear the priorities, and that is how the values. When priorities are clear, small things remain small, big things become big. What is important becomes important. Other things are not important. Then we should know what to let go. Most things need to be let go. Forget it. Don't argue. Don't worry. Let him have his way. Don't waste your time and energy. Let it go. You know, 99.9% you will let go. And thus enjoy a lot of freedom in letting go of things that are holding on. We are holding on to. Lots of things holding on to. And suffering from that burden. So clear this becomes, this teaching becomes. Clear the priorities become. And most of the load is already off. Then rest of the work will be done by jnana and knowledge. But first is yoga, letting go. Then finally is jnana, that's the knowledge. Maya, Lord Krishna says, those who take refuge unto me, they will definitely cross this mark. <coughs> okay. Om Puramada Puramidam Puramat Puramudachade Purnasya Puramadaya Purnameva Vashishade Om Shanti